Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, as promised, we have Dr. Barry Bussey back with us again. Dr. Bussey, welcome back. Uh, great to be here, Bill. Okay, we want to make sure we get to your book this time, because <laughs> last time that was the reason, and we never got out of the introduction and preamble. We, yeah, we just went off on the That's riff right. there, you know. So uh, thank you again for joining us. Right off the bat, let's let folks know if they're interested in following you, yep. you have uh, your foundation and where you're practicing. Let's get that, make sure, sure. that folks get that information right off the bat. Yeah, so we uh, running uh, First Freedoms Foundation, uh, which uh, folks can reach us at uh, firstfreedomsplural.ca. And uh, then I do practice law in uh, Peterborough, and it's uh, bussyainsworth.ca. Uh, that's, uh, you can get all the information about what areas of law I'm involved with. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what I'm... Well, wonderful. So yeah. um, when you were last with us, we talked about a book that yeah. you have just, just written, yeah. uh, looking at the, uh, the, the Freedom Convoy. Right. And uh, so we want to we wanna focus on that. But sure. uh, so sort of as an introduction, as you talked to us about the book, um, there have been many books written about the, the Freedom Convoy. Right. Uh, what what would set your book apart as being different than what has what is out there? Currently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, good question. Of course, there's a lot of great books. I mean, I've read uh, Tamara Leach, uh, Tom Morazzo, and, and those are first-person accounts of their involvement in the convoy and uh, what their experience was and so on. What, uh, what I've been doing, uh, my approach in looking at this and even from the beginning when it first started, I, my question is, okay, so why are people doing this? What's happening? I mean, obviously, I have a very good idea why at the time, uh, but uh, I wanted to find out myself. So I actually went up to the uh, convoy myself over two weekends and just talked with truckers, talked with people on the street, you know, um, as to what's happening, why are you here, why is this such a burden? Um, and my, my thought is, to step back and kind of look at the whole Freedom Convoy experience over those, um, you know, two, three weeks, and, and then consider what are the long-term implications. Because to me, I think it was a pivotal moment in mm. Canadian history, and okay. certainly a pivotal moment in political, in, in political terms. Uh, we, we had a a prime minister who was not at all interested in listening to what he called the fringe minority and uh, with unacceptable views and, and how we, uh, you know, he classified them as uh, terrorists and all the rest and brought in this uh, draconian measure of the Emergencies Act, which we all know and we've read about. But I say, okay, so now what does that mean? Well, what does the experience mean for Canada going, going forward, forward right. in the long okay. term? So right. that, that, that's what I'm after. And, and um, you know, I have written a lot of uh, academic work over the years. And uh, so this is the kind of like my f first major book uh, where I have kind of stepped back. One of the things my wife always tells me, you know, she says, Barry, you write so much academic stuff and only about 12 people read it, you know? And uh, so, you know, you need to uh, write for the general audience. And, and uh, so on this one, I felt it was absolutely necessary to write to the general audience. And, and part of the reason is, is that there's a lot, of, a lot of questions that people have. Like, for example, why is it that 
Tamara Leach had such a horrible experience of just trying to get uh, her bail. Like, I mean, <laughs> that is totally unprecedented. And, and in my book, I, I deal with it uh, from a, as a lawyer, but also looking at it from, on, a, on a political side of things as well. And just, and just I, I, I spend a lot of time mm. uh, dealing with that and, uh, and explaining what, uh, you know, what goes on with the bail system and how it works, even though I don't, uh, I haven't now uh, for many years practiced uh, in the area of criminal law, but you don't have to be, um, a criminal lawyer to understand the basic understandings of of the bail system and all the rest of it. And plus, I, right. I did uh, consult with some of my friends who do practice uh, criminal law, and I you know asked them, okay, so here's how I see it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so I had that. So as I was writing the book, I was I was also very mindful that while it is uh, for the general public, but I also wanted uh, to make sure that what I have written is something that's backed up. So I've got like hundreds of citations where people can go and dig in deeper. And some of the footnotes I have are fairly like extensive in the sense that I'll say, okay, well, and this raises X issue and here's how you can find more information about it and so on. And so it's a, it's a book that's meant to be read by the general public. Uh, yet it's also something that's there for uh, an individual who wants to dig deep into the various issues. And there's a lot of issues that the whole Freedom Convoy uh, 2022 raised in Canada. And I think personally, it's, it, it has huge impacts going mm -hmm. forward. And, and, and we can see some evidences of that. We can see evidences, uh, for example, where politicians uh, at first, you know, the various politicians from every party was, uh, you know, you had some who were, you know, immediately against it, the prime minister and the, uh, you know, the liberal party, the NDP party and so forth. Um, and then then you had this group within other, um, you know, you, you got um, individuals like uh, Derek Sloan or Maxine Bernier and so on. They were right there and they were, you know, uh, supporting uh, you know, the, the truckers yes. and so on. But then you had the conservatives who are kind of like, ah, I'm not yeah, so not sure, exactly right? Sure, it's yeah. just, on the one hand this, but on the other hand that. And, and they were going through a, a turmoil at the time. And so, uh, but just even recently, and, and you hear it more and more where various um, uh, people are indeed referencing uh, the convoy in their political speeches. We see... Um, speeches that went on recently in the Conservative Convention um, uh, in Quebec. Uh, there was, uh, e even, uh, even though the Prime Minister at the time, you know, doubled down and, you know, brought in the, in, in, in the squad to, you know, push them all out of the way, you know, um, and all the rest in, the, in a very violent way, uh, unlike the event itself, which was actually quite peaceful, very peaceful. <laughs> there was no smashed cars, no broken windows, no burning buildings, right. uh, but, um, but somehow it was violent and it was terrorism. And you just look at all of the various headlines of the mainstream news and you'll find it. But, but even now we see a change within the prime minister himself uh, where we're starting to hear, uh, for example, uh, recently, he was asked about uh, some of the flags and uh, 
you know, we're, you know, it's uh, F. Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and rather than using the fringe minority language, we're now hearing him say things, well, you know, people went through a lot during the, um, the COVID-19 pandemic and all of this, and we shouldn't be so hard on them and all the rest. And it's kind of like, <laughs> there's like, uh, there's two different prime ministers. Well, the reason that is, in my view, is because of the convoy. Mm. Like the convoy was a pivotal moment mm. where, um, and, and I call it the 210 degrees Celsius is the title of the book. And, and the reason I do that, I say it because to me, it's a great illustration of what happens in a diesel engine, i.e. happened with the truckers, right? So you've got their trucks and you got the globe plugs and it heats up um, the chamber so that it's 210 degrees so that the diesel will automatically ignite and the engine starts. Well, in the same way, there was so much pressure and suppression put on the people that, um, that in essence, it was just a spontaneous combustion of the people saying, hey, no way, like, like we can't accept this anymore. Right. And, um, and, and I think that's kind of like where it's at. But there's another element too. Um, so in, in the book, I, I point out uh, there are 16 ways that I say that um, uh, the truckers ignited Canada for the long haul. And I think, I think the, um, first of all, it was a nonviolent um, protest. And if you look at the history of nonviolent protests, they're very successful. Mm. And on your program, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, the trial of Christ. You yeah. talk about, you know, the experience of Christ, nonviolent leader. Had a wee bit of an impact on the world, I would yes. say, right? Yes. You look at uh, others uh, throughout history. You look at uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, yes. right, in India. Uh, nonviolent protest. Uh, you look at uh, Martin Luther King Jr. in the United States. Nonviolent protest has huge impacts. This experience uh, was a nonviolent protest and it is having a long-term effect. And we see it even in, like I said, in the political arena where even the prime minister now is changing his language. Uh, and I think, um, because I think there is within his inner circle, there's a realization, you know what, there's a lot of resonation, uh, 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 resonating themes that have come out of the convoy that are now real. Then there's, there's uh, I, I think there's uh, what we historically understood as the Canadian position was that when it comes to government, we are to simply defer to government. See, mm. because our, our historical legacy is that we are refugees from the American Revolution. Okay. We are the loyalists that crossed Lake Ontario to come over to Ontario, uh, or what was then known as Upper Canada, um, to, because we're gonna be loyal to the government, to the Crown. To the Crown, right. right? And so the Crown is good. Uh, government is good. Um, you know, peace, order, and good government in the Constitution Act 1867 is, is what the government is meant to do here in this country. And so we accept it. And Canadians have been very deferential. We have not been, uh, when you compare ourselves to our American cousins, who have been very much, you know, strong on the Second Amendment rights with the yeah. guns and all the rest of it. Oh, well, that has to do with the fact that, hey, guess what? If government goes astray, uh, we're going to hold them accountable, right? 
We don't have that kind of tradition and understanding here in Canada. We're, we've been very deferential. Yeah, why would government go astray? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, you know, it's they're there like, for our good. They're always there for our good. Yeah. And, um, but if we've learned anything, even in the uh, British history that, that created us, and the, uh, um, uh, you know, in, in Quebec with the French history, and then the whole experience of the English-French uh, rivalry and all the rest, but, but in the uh, UK history... We have the, the English Civil War, where we, we got our uh, various rules with respect to parliamentary um, uh, privileges and understandings, and that parliament rules the king, right? I mean, it took a war, a lot of people dying in order to, to do that. And that freedom of speech, freedom of religion, that was, that was fought on the fields of, of the UK to ensure that, no, this is how we're going to govern ourselves, right? right? So there's always been deep within our history a, a sense of, well, okay, there are times when, you know, the king may not be good. Um, but in Canada, we've always had this idea uh, of, the, of the idea of uh, allowing deference towards government and to the prime minister. But the prime minister's office, which I point out in the book, is, is, a, is a powerful office. Mm. Like... Look at the situation. Even though um, the current prime minister has a um, majority based on his agreement with uh, the NDP, so it's, it's in an essence kind of like a majority arrangement of sorts, but nevertheless, even as a minority prime minister, uh, minority support in the House, uh, he still has tremendous amount of power. Why? Well, he gets to appoint all the ambassadors across the, can across the world uh, from Canada. He gets to appoint all the superior court judges in every province and territory. Mm. He gets to uh, appoint all the various uh, elements of the um, federal uh, bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Right. He, gets to appoint, he, he gets to appoint all of the uh, government agencies, as in um, uh, Crown Corporation, CBC, you name it, right? So, I mean, huge amounts of power and influence comes from the prime minister and the prime minister's office. The prime minister's office has absolutely ballooned um, in, with respect to uh, bureaucrats and all the rest. So it's very, very powerful. But all of a sudden, in 2022, you had this upstart group right. who says, oh, hold on here, we've got to change some things. And so the thing is, is that a lot has, has changed uh, because now government is not given the benefit of the doubt. Um, fear has gone because those who were, uh, and I point out in the book about what happened with the whole vaccine experience and how families turned against families, uh, employees uh, uh, and employers. There was people who lost jobs, who lost houses. I mean, there was a lot of pressure on people. And, and it, was, it, it was a real sense that they were alone. But one of the things as I'm walking the streets up there in, in Ottawa during the protest was that, you know what, we're not alone. And how many people have told me that? And another interesting thing I found, and I pointed out in the book as well, is that uh, many people who were vaccinated were also protesting up in Ottawa. Mm. And they were protesting because they didn't like the fact that people were being forced to do something um, that was considered prior to then, a, a personal medical decision, right? right? And, and so, so that was there. Another interesting thing that I point out in, in my book, uh, I have a whole uh, section uh, discussion about uh, the 
it, it, it awakened. It, it was almost kind of like a great awakening in, in also in a spiritual sense. So not only in a political sense, but also in a spiritual right. sense. You had all kinds of street preachers up there. Uh, there was this one street preacher who used the example of Lazarus coming up out of the grave, you know. And, and it was like, it, it was fascinating uh, to hear him uh, give, give that little uh, homily. And, and he was saying, you know, Canada has been ruled and, it, and, it, and, you know, government has been corrupt, but God has called Canada to rise up, or words to that effect. I mean, I'm adding it in here. Right. But he was like, and then the, he got the crowd going so that he would say, Canada! And then all the people there on the street would say, rise up! Uh-huh. You know, Canada, rise up! Right? Excellent. And um, <clears throat> it, he had a couple of other young people who were out there handing tracks out, you know, to the people and so on. And uh, so I asked the, one, one of the young people there, I said, so, so what are you doing? And I said, he said, well, I said, I'm, I'm excited that people are concerned about freedom. And, and because, see, the concept of freedom is a religious concept, yes. right? We, we talk about, uh, in the religious community, the idea of free will, you accept Christ freely, all of that kind of thing. And, and, um, and so here, the, the, the idea says, I, I'm, I'm very happy everyone's excited about freedom, but he said, freedom for me is freedom in Christ. Mm. That's where I get freedom, and that's, that's the ultimate freedom, right? And uh, so I, I had a, a wonderful chat with him, and I highlight the, the conversation there in the book, but also I had a great chat later uh, with Harold Albright, who was uh, a uh, member of parliament uh, back during the Harper years over out of Waterloo, represented... Um, I think it's Kitchener, Waterloo area. Anyhow, uh, it may have been just Kitchener. I can't remember. Um, anyhow, uh, but he was um, he was also there, um, and he was telling me about uh, the various uh, groups that were praying. And of course, I saw lots of people praying. I saw lots of um, uh, church choirs were singing there. Uh, there were um, various groups that were literally walking. They they call it uh, something about the the Jericho walk. And, and so, you know, in the okay, biblical seven, story, seven times yeah, yeah, you go around. Yeah. And, and so you're praying for the building. Uh, and now what was interesting is that the government, uh, some government people were saying, oh, well, you know, that's, that's a terrorism thing because what they're wanting is they're wanting the government to be overthrown. That was the, you know. But what it is, of course, is that that's just people who are praying for the government Yes. Uh, and praying that freedom, yes, would be yes. given, but not that everything crashed down like it was in, you know, in the biblical sense. But you know, for those yes. who have um, a limited understanding, as it were, to the to the Christian ethic, as we have in the New Testament you know, we, and so forth, we heard very little about people praying at the at the convoy. Well, and and that's that's one of the things that I I point out. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I think it has a, a major impact. I, I really do. I, I see. So there's, there's that element, the whole issue of faith. There's the element of um, uh, truckers were, were talking to me about their children who were in universities who uh, were now um, unable to continue on the program. So I got a whole section talking about the academics and, and, wow. and so on. I got a section dealing with um, just the concept of how it brought hope to people, uh, how uh, the communications that was coming from the prime minister's office were being challenged as never before as a result of the, um, um, you know, the convoy and what the issues were uh, being talked about and raised. Uh, There's the whole discussion about uh, the prime minister and his, um, uh, how can I say it, his 
his inability, uh, Winston Churchill has a great uh, term for a member of parliament. He says uh, something about his inexactitudes. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, uh, I go, go into that in, in depth. I, and then just, just looking at the media and how the media treated the convoy vis-a-vis -vis to those of us who were actually on the ground there. Okay, yes, firsthand, and, yeah. And, and then how um, you've got really two uh, macro views of the convoy. You get those who are very much in support of the purposes and all the rest with the, with the convoy. And, and then you got those who are like very much like, this is the most horrible thing that ever happened and, and it was so violent and it was so whatever. But you know, I just wanted to close, I know our time is short, but one of the things I find interesting and I think it's, again, back to this idea and understanding of the importance for us to have critical thinking, to be reasonable in our um, questioning and analyzing. But when you, when you look at what happened with government and how they are so maligned, the, the truckers, because of one Nazi flag and one Confederate flag, and we don't even know who was carrying those things. Um, and it was just brief moments. In fact, when the people saw the Confederate flag there in the crowd, they told them to leave. And it's all there. I recorded in the book, too. And, and then also the whole dispute about this concept of the Nazi flag. And yet uh, here it was. It was only seen uh, because I was there. Uh, I didn't see it. Right. Um, and I was there on that day as well. And, and, and I didn't see it. But yet that, that was the big story. And yeah. it's so amazing how some of the great photographers were able to, to get that picture, you yes. know. And, and it raises a lot of questions, of course. And yet just, what was it, a few weeks ago, we had the House of Commons, unknown to, I believe, that uh, I don't think um, all the, the members of Parliament knew that the person up in the gallery was uh, an individual who was with, you know, served in World War II in a, in a Nazi unit or whatever. And, and so that was a big, big uproar. Um, and he, I, I find it fascinating how just that one uh, or two references to these two flags would somehow be used by the media, by government, to destroy this, uh, this freedom convoy. And yet here in just a few weeks ago, we had this incident uh, in the House of Commons, and um, the media going out of the way to say that, oh, you know, this has, you know, the, they did, didn't know. And, and I, I, I'm fully of the view that the individuals who were, you know, giving the ovations uh, had no idea. Uh, but look at the different treatment, yeah. is my point, and look at how how things are, are being treated. <laughs> and then when the shoe is on the other foot, look, yes. look, at what goes on. So, so it, it seemed to me that um, there's a lot here. Yes. And uh, this book is um, uh, hundreds of pages long. I, I, I don't know exactly what, how it'll finally come out, but uh, will be, uh, you know, uh, a very uh, deep analysis of what it means for the long term and uh, also uh, a look at... Um, and then allow folks to make their own, to draw make their own their, conclusions. Well, and, and this is what I say yeah. right from the beginning. I mean, th th this, Absolutely. Is, th this is how I see it. Exactly. And I try to be as reasonable. Yeah, and, and make uh, their, draw their conclusions. Draw their conclusions. 
Uh, very quick, we got like 30 seconds. How yeah. can folks get their hands on the book? Well, uh, go to Amazon, okay. amazon.ca or amazon.com, and uh, all of uh, uh, your, your regular book sources. Uh, it's uh, also available on Friesen Press, uh, which uh, folks will be able to get as well. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very We're going to have a word of prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, we know that uh, freedom is such an important concept to you that it brought Jesus to the cross. He died on the cross that we could preserve our freedom to choose. And we thank you for that. Thank you for Dr. Bussey and the work, the fine work that he does. Once again, we want to pray for our nation, pray for our leaders. Father, just guide them. Guide them in the decisions they need to make that will make this place a better place. And bless each and every viewer that's watching us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program, like on every program, where we have what we call our book offer. And that's when we offer you a resource, uh, something either to help you better understand spiritual issues, health issues, freedom issues. Um, we have copies of this uh, Vibrant Life magazine. It's a wonderful magazine. I can't guarantee exactly it'll be this edition, but these are wonderful magazines with wonderful articles on health and just lifestyle and recipes. And we'd love to send you a copy of the Vibrant Life magazine as a gift from Lessons for Living Television. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. You're not going to receive an invoice. The magazine will arrive in the mail, postage paid. If you'd like to request your copy of the Vibrant Life magazine, pay close attention to the information we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I want to thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for being here with us. Dr. Bussey, thank you also for being here. Well, great to be with so you. So remind guys. folks again, how can they get a hold of you? Well, they can get a hold of me at uh, firstfreedoms.ca and at the law practice, it's Bussey Ainsworth. And the book's available on Amazon? Amazon, anywhere that good books are sold. Excellent. We'll make sure to put a link on our website okay. uh, to the Amazon site if folks are interested in purchasing your book. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. want to remind you of our website, l4ltv.com. All of our previous programs are available through the website. Uh, we have what we call archived sermons, different lectures I've given around the country on different topics that I hope you'll find interesting. There's a video presentation and then there's a, a lesson you can download and study. And so check that out. Also follow me on Instagram, Santos underscore Bill. Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time, 
I put out a devotional video. Great way to get your day started focused on things of heaven. MissionNowCanada.com, the last website. That's our overseas humanitarian work. If you're interested in joining us on an upcoming mission trip or on making a donation, check that out. We're all out of time. They're telling me I got to wrap. So we're wrapping. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. We'll see you back next time.